Hello, this week on the topic of Antarctica, I was very lucky to run into a presentation that was here in the Czech Republic, carried out by the um, Daniel Nivat, who um, very generously shared with his audience his work and uh, a little more about the Czech involvement in Antarctica. So, I didn't even know they had any form or presence in Antarctica. Little did I know. And um, they're definitely well served, as Daniel is a very, Daniel Nivat, sorry, is a very pleasant speaker. Um, very, very uh, committed to his work and does so in a very um, polite and uh, just, uh, I would say, engaged and yet very friendly manner. And is definitely accessible. If you hear that he's speaking anywhere and you're not quite sure if you're interested, do yourself a favor, go listen to him. He's well worth it. He'll make time shared with you very pleasant and uh, he's highly communicative in his very own manner. Um, he was speaking in Spanish, absolutely uh, fluent as far as I'm concerned. Um, we can go around and, you know, pick point, criticize whatever you want. Um, unless you're a, you're actually an academic in Spanish literature, you will uh, you will actually do the polite thing and smile and listen because whatever communication this gentleman will share with you will be your privilege to listen to. I think that's the quickest summary I can give. He's worth listening to. Do yourself a favor if he's around and he's giving a speech. Go listen to him. So. The name of the program that uh, Mr. Daniel Nivelt is highly involved with, if not leading, is the Czech Antarctic Research Program. And little did I know, first Czech person, Czechoslovak at the time, was in the 30s, the first one who ever happened to reach Antarctica. And I'll talk about him in a separate podcast, because I think he's worth his own little story. But, for instance, I did not know that the Czechs had a base, and the name of that base is the James Gregor Mendel base, and it's located on the famous James Ross Island, and I'll talk about that in a separate podcast too, because those names will be familiar to you. And the work they carry out, and uh, partly on behalf or with the support of the Masaryk University, if not fully, um is basically research on the ground and they've chosen a place in the Antarctic which is the less iced one. So their studies of topography which is essentially collecting a lot, a lot of data. Um, uh, soil, ground, um, whatever type of rock formation and different types of fossils and analysis of that and to this day um, Mr. Nivat shared with us that they'd found about 100 new species that they'd found, whether they were uh, microalgae or, or um, microorganisms, microorganisms, sorry, or algae. And uh, that's a very large contribution because uh, you've got to picture this. As you are taking all data and producing all kinds of records of data and trying to place them in time within uh, different parts of the map, over X amount of years, you're going to find trends and patterns and so forth. And this is the kind of uh, information that is used in the description of the history of the planet. 
So all that very uh, patient requiring, uh, patience requiring work is extremely, extremely valuable and important. And um, he went on and explained a lot more about the camps themselves, which if you looked at it from a photo, you'd think, oh, it looks like a military base or a, a military support unit base, uh, as it looks like a, a, you know, one barrack with a bunch of containers around. Well, the reality of it is you've got about 10 to 15 people at a time. There is space for 20 people. And that becomes their base. That doesn't stop them from uh, running out on scooters and carrying out data research and setting up small tents and so forth. But it's definitely a departure from the original Scott and Amundsen uh, Brave the Elements setting. Um, and um, they also explained the different types of autonomy they have. And for that, being interested in energy, they talk a lot about renewable energy. And uh, little did I know that two-thirds of the energy that they use actually come from renewables. And I thought, oh, that's fabulous. And uh, what a good uh, exercise and what a wonderful contribution and so forth. And it turns out the argument was uh, much less of a hippie argument as much as it was a practical one. Namely, each time anything that gets to Antarctica has to be carried or shipped or transported. And if you're carrying fuel, that means you've got to uh, carry it each time you have use for it. So if you have a diesel generator, uh, no fuel, it stops. So from a practical perspective, and really from a practical perspective, they've set up um, solar and uh, batteries and wind, and they've managed to have a, an energy source which is mainly uh, self-producing and self-reliable. And uh, I would assume the fuel is a backup generator for whatever reason and um, uh, the mobility, since uh, I would imagine that the scooters they have are basically running on diesel. So uh, I thought that was fantastic, uh, fantastic news. They were also very open about sharing that they use logistics from Chile and Argentina to get from point A to point B, meaning from the southern continent, uh, southern American continent to um, Antarctica. And uh, they made it all very, 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 very pleasant, uh, underlining also that uh, they uh, operate between December and March for what they refer to as the Austral Summer. And that's when they can get most work done, so that's the time they focus on being there. It's, uh, it's, um, it's within the exercise, it's a low-budget exercise, and I think they complete it extremely well. I would imagine that uh, the focus is on, on gathering data as much as possible, and then they rely on other budgets for completing the analysis of it by sharing it within different departments that can justify carrying out the exercise within their own budgets. But that's just me uh, thinking. So I will be writing more and talking more about this topic. Until the next recording, I hope you enjoy this and do yourself a favor. If you hear of anything related to Antarctica and the Czech uh, program or any chance to hear Mr. Daniel Nivat in person, uh, you owe it to yourself, go sit in and listen. Because one day, you may have children or grandchildren, and they'll say, did you really meet Daniel Nivat? <laughs> there you go. Till the next time, bye for now.